It's time to get your geek on. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek. Here is your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Hello everyone, this is Todd. I am your host, the 206 Geek. Um, today is episode 56, and uh, I had actually had a great weekend. I don't know about you guys. Um, my, my cousin Marianne, uh, she just turned 50, so she had a big blowout on Friday, and uh, I had a lot of fun. You know, went to a, was at a private club in in Tacoma, so food and alcohol and dancing, nothing wrong with that, right? So uh, I got I got a few. I pulled up a few things off of my Feedly list, as you know, if you've been listening to me long enough. Uh, sometimes when I don't know about what to talk about, I will I will go to Feedly and find some cool stories to talk about. And I have I have a list on Feedly. If you're not familiar with what Feedly is, it's an RSS feed reader. So anytime you go to a, a blog or a site that has a, uh, a feed that allows you to um, read the stories without going to the website on your feed reader, uh, instead of having a program installed on my computer, I go to Feedly.com and I subscribe to all my favorite blogs and, and movie sites and whatever else, right? So I have, and I have set up in a group called Geek This Week. So these are all the things that I pull from when I'm doing my podcast. Sorry. Uh, should probably put the, uh, the, uh, screen on this thing and popping all my peas. Hold on. There. That's better. I sound like I was zipping up my pants. That's gross. Alright. Um, I wasn't, by the way. I wasn't even unzipping, so no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that, was, that was not funny. I mean, it was funny to me, but I'm sure you guys are like, dude, what the hell? Sorry. So, anyways... Um, so yeah, some of the, some of the sites that I I have on my feedly, in case you're curious, what I use to pull stories from, uh, ain't it cool news? Bleeding, uh, bleeding cool news, comicbook.com, comingsoon.net, uh, Geek Girl Authority, uh, Geek Feed, Geeks Are Sexy, Heroic Hollywood, Kotaku. Uh, LatinoReview.com, uh, The Nerdist, Superhero Hype, and the last one on here, which I haven't actually used yet, but it's there for when I'm curious, you know, when I've, I, I think I want to, I want to, you know, talk about uh, celebrities who have passed. There's a website um, that will give you the list of who's passed away. And uh, let's see here. I will, you know what? I'll go ahead and read off some of these. There's a couple names that I recognize. Um, first one on the list here is Rick Ocasek. He was the singer for the Cars. Um, says here. All right, what does it say? He passed away on September fifteenth. Doesn't. Let me pull up the website and see if it says any more. He was actually, his band was actually inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Um, does it say how old he was? Uh, 
Well, he was born in 1944. Oh, yes, age, he was 75 years old. You know, that's, if you think about it, you know, if if, if I live to be 75, I, I think that would be a successful, you know, a, I would see that as a successful life. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it was wasted, you know. I think anybody who can live that long and accomplish the things they do, like like Mr. Okasik here did, he was in a popular metal, uh, not metal band, he was in a popular rock band, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And I'm sure he continued to be popular, even though that style of music no longer beca- was, was no longer in the pop charts. I'm sure he still toured. And, you know, they, they played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and his singing sounded different. But then I think that's because, you know, he's 75 years old. He wasn't, you know, I think in the 80s, so that was 30 years ago. Gosh, he was, no. No, the 90s was 30 years ago. Was it? Yeah, it will be. I'll have my 30-year high school reunion in uh, 20, uh, 2021. So, yeah. You know, he was, so if he was 75, that means he was, oh, I can't even brain right now. He was, he was younger, considerably. (laughs) So, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I like the Cars. And if you don't know who the Cars are, it's, it's a band that you probably should look into. You know, especially if you like any 80s music or even the 70s for that matter. Eddie Money also passed away. And the one I heard about uh, recently was Valerie Harper. Valerie Harper was uh, she was on a lot of sitcoms in the seventies and eighties, and she was Rhoda on the Mary Tyler Moore show. She had her own show. Um, Valerie, um, what was the? Uh, it's funny, you know what what happened to Roseanne with uh, the show Roseanne becoming the Connors happened to Valerie Harper back in the nineties. Yeah, the show was called Valerie's Family, and that that became that came a, became a different show when she got she got fired from the show. Yeah, she was eighty years old. She died on August thirtieth. That's sad. I'm gonna have to look up these these people's shows and music they've done just to kind of re- refresh my memory. I mean, I remember both of those people. Valerie Harper and Rico Kasich. I I watched Valerie Harper on TV in the seventies and eighties, and I liked the Cars. I mean, I was I wouldn't call myself a fan. I didn't go out and buy everything that they did, but I enjoyed the music when I heard it on the radio. I never turned it off. But um, so yeah, so that's that's the Feedly list. That's pretty much everything that's on the Geek This Week uh, tab that I have here. Um. They have a bunch of other ones too, which I hardly ever pull from, but they're there for when I want to read things. Um, there is one that I should probably put in there too. Uh, there is a what is it called? What's the blog? It is called Hollywood North, and it's basically all the shows and movies being made up in up in BC, British Columbia. You know. Um, so like all the, all the Arrowverse shows, all the stuff that's, all the stuff that's filmed for the, the sci-fi channel, 
Um, a few other shows. In, in fact, I think it was like um, a week or so back, they showed pictures of uh, of Smallville's Lois and Clark. The, the actors who played Lois and Clark on Smallville are coming back to play those parts again for the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover in the Arrowverse this December. And uh, they showed photos of them at the Kent Farm, which is up in Vancouver, B.C. How cool is that? That you know, not only did they have like the the little, they had the theme song from Smallville playing when they when uh, last year's crossover when when Barry and Oliver went to was it Earth thirty nine? I think is what it's called the the Earth that has uh. Uh, Clark and and Kara, uh, Superman and Supergirl, and uh, and they played that music. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. I hope they do more next year. And they totally are this year. This is this is one of the things I love about the Arrowverse is all of the all of the nods to the previous shows uh, that made way for these current shows. Um, we've already had cameos from everybody. From like Lo- the the show Lois and Clark from the nineties, uh, the only people I have yet to see on on the Arrowverse, any of the Arrowverse shows, Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, are anybody from the the show Superboy. Superboy was a live action series in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, I, that guy who played Lex Luthor on that show was actually in, um, I want to say he was in like some car insurance commercials in, in the last last year. I saw him, I was like, oh, I recognize that guy, where do I know him from? And then I, I was like, wait, he's he was Lex Luthor. So yeah, and uh, there was actually two different guys to play Superboy in that series. Um, the first season had a different actor, and second, and I think, I think they had three, but maybe the only, no, actually I think they had four seasons. Actually, you know what I should do is I should look on DC Universe, the DC Universe app, because if you don't have DC Universe, you should subscribe. It's well, it's well worth it, especially if you like the DC stuff. If you like any of the, the movies, any of the movies, including the live action and animated stuff, all the way to like comic books themselves and um, all the old TV shows that are DC related stuff. I mean, they have. They have the 66 Batman, I think. I'm pretty sure anyway. They should if they don't. Um, they have all of the DC animated movies. They have uh, Batman the Animated Series in HD. How cool is that? You can watch the animated series in HD. They also have Static Shock, which is one of my favorites. Um, they have the original 70s Shazam Live action series, of course. Back in those days, he was he was called Captain Captain Marvel. Shazam was the wizard, not the superhero. But I think uh, with uh, copyright, they they DC lost that copyright, and now Marvel owns it outright. I think I think that's how it worked. And uh, so, yeah. Anyways, other things I wanted to talk about because I started rambling about that, and I apologize. I uh, hopefully it was it was good information for you guys. 
I, I try to be entertaining and, and, and maybe a little educational. I mean, educational in, in, in like, you know, <laughs> entertainment anyway. It's not like real e- education, right? But still, fun stuff to learn. Uh, things to talk about today. Spider-Man is not leaving MCU. Uh, I think I think the 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 nerd outcry across the planet uh, made Sony realize they fucked up. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and they they probably realized, yeah, they may have learned a few things from Kevin Feige with his help in the last two Spider-Man movies and Spider-Man being in the Avengers movies. Just because you gleaned information from Kevin doesn't mean you're going to be able to replicate what Kevin did. <laughs> you know? And it was smart of Sony to go, okay, we screwed up. You know, we'll work out, we'll work out a deal with Disney and Marvel and, and we'll continue to work with you guys. So I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to talk about that. And then uh, there's an announcement that uh, Deborah Chow will direct the Disney Plus Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I'll talk about that. And then I saw a story that might be interesting. Uh, BBC's The War of the Worlds trailer invades our screens. Looks like there is a new version of War of the Worlds. I actually might watch this one because it doesn't look like it has Tom Cruise. That's the only reason why I haven't seen that movie. And I, I as I understand it, I didn't really miss anything because uh, it was, as I understand, it was not a great movie. Um, and then I'm going to talk about um, the Joker. Todd Phillips addresses outrage culture and the Joker violence criticism. Um, this is this is a movie that. I wanted to see, but then the more I heard about uh, the things people were talking about, like I don't, I don't necessarily believe that they're they're purposely glorifying mental health and violence, but I think that's a possibility that that might be the outcome. <laughs> um, and then the next thing I wanted to talk about, getting back on the Arrowverse, Superman teased in photos for Crisis on Infinite Earths, <laughs> Superman. Not Superman, Superman, M-E-N, plural. How cool is that? Um, and then the, the one of the last things here, uh, Linda Carter could return as Wonder Woman in Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. I really hope so. I mean, she's I think she's in her 70s as well. She's been on Supergirl as the president, and she still looks amazing. I think she could pull it off. I would love to see her done... A, uh, I mean, it would be great if it was classic Wonder Woman from the seventies. But I would also be, I would be glad to see her doing the the uh, DC Extended Universe version of Wonder Woman's outfit as well. That would be cool. Um, you know, kind of a all leather uh, Xena Warrior Princess kind of thing going. That's kind of how I saw that that outfit from those movies. Uh, didn't dislike it. I'll put it that way. I didn't hate it. It was awesome. Uh, and the last thing I have here, Spider-Man 3, the MCU Spider-Man, mind you, uh, should introduce She-Hulk to the MCU. I agree. I think we should... It, it's, it's, it's time that She-Hulk 
get a live action version. And I've heard, I've seen stories on the internet, and I haven't talked about it before because number one, I f- completely forgot. Out of sight, out of mind is is definitely a thing when you're ADHD. Um, and when I'm recording, a lot of times, if it's not in front of me, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, so I remember, and this reminds me of the story anyway, seeing this. I remember seeing that um, somebody either suggested that Ronda Rousey be She-Hulk or someone said she was going to be She-Hulk. I hope it's the latter of the two. Because uh, let's be honest, Ronda Rousey is awesome. I like I like her in the few things I've seen her in. I've even watched one of her fights, and she's she's an amazing fighter. Uh, but I would love to see her painted green. Cause she's she's really well built. She's not she's not so huge that it's like it's off putting, but she's not she's not tiny either. So she could totally pull it off, and she would just all she'd have to do is flex, and it would it would be amazing. So, um, so those are the things I'm going to talk about. So let's go back to the beginning here and talk about. Spider-Man is not leaving the MCU after all. This is something that was reported on uh, the Nerdist pod, uh, the Nerdist website, Nerdist.com. It was uh, posted on September 27th, and it says here, Earlier this year, the suggestion that Marvel Cinematic Universe might be losing its Peter Parker uh, through, uh, through the fan, fan community... F- or at least the the less skeptical pockets thereof into an uproar. Rumor had it that Disney, uh, home of the MCU, and Sony, the studio that was responsible for Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home, had a hit had hit a point of dispute in their shared handling of the character and had settled on parting ways with the the latter seizing full custody of Spidey. But uh, the, the, the latest news on the matter per deadline is that according to... Uh, that an accord has been reached. Let's, let me read that again. Uh, deadline, uh, per deadline is that an accord has been reached. And that Spider-Man will live on in the in the Marvel realm, appearing in at least one additional MCU movie. Meanwhile, Marvel uh, kingpin Kevin Feige's team, most prominently producer Amy Pascal, will continue to cooperate on a third standalone Spidey film, which will hit uh, theaters on July sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. That's cool. I see. I I heard that. I first heard that Spider Man is not done completely with the MCU. We have at least one more movie, but it, it that that headline was misleading, making you think that he's never going away. But it says that it's at least one more movie, so that really hasn't changed. Um, it's. It's still sad that he potentially could go away and stop being in the MCU movies um, and not be a part of the, the Avengers going forward. But it doesn't look like it's that that's the case. I think I think what happened here is 
is um, business people got involved and says, well, you know, uh, we want more money because with our help, your, you know, your property has done very well in these last two or three movies. Disney, a.k.a. Marvel, says to Sony anyway. And Sony's like, no, no, I think we got it. We, we've been watching you um, handle the thing that we own. And we're, we, I think we can figure out, you know, going forward how to do it. So, later, bye. And that's kind of how I interpreted the, the news of Spider-Man leaving the MCU. Um, and then, of course, the fans lost their collective minds. I mean, Kevin Smith said it best. Holy fuck! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I know, that was... That was uh, you know, and I, and and generally speaking, I don't I don't normally mind swearing on my podcast, but I think that was a bit excessive. I apologize, but I'm just saying um, that's that's, and I think that was an appropriate reaction to Kevin to to uh, Spider Man being pulled out of the MCU. Those last two Spider Man movies and the Avengers movies that he was a part of. That Spider-Man has been the best Spider-Man, the li- the best live-action Spider-Man we've had in a very, very long time. I think um, I think Tobey Maguire did a very good job in the first Spider-Man live-action movie that Sony did. I liked that movie. You could you could definitely tell that there was reshoots done on that movie when you watch it, because the tone of the movie changed about halfway. And there was a whole, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying that this is, it's there. Next time you watch it, you'll probably see if you never saw it before. But the, you could tell that when, when, when the, the reshoots happened, because that's right when, um, all of New York was sticking up for Spider-Man and say, don't fuck with New York. And that all happened because of 9-11. That movie was, that movie was supposed to come out in 2001 and it didn't because, they had to reshoot a whole, a whole half of the movie, because there was a whole sequence in the movie that that utilized the towers. I mean, I don't, I know there's got to be at least a handful of people out there that remember seeing the trailers for that movie, and how Spider-Man was chasing these guys in a helicopter, and how he caught the helicopter in a giant web between the towers. After 9/11 happened, they couldn't use that footage. They couldn't use that part of the movie because it was still pretty damn raw. I mean, that was only a, a six months to a year after 9-11 that that movie came out. You know? And you know what? I Like I said, I love the movie. I think I even own that movie. Or I did. I don't know if I still have it. I had it on, I had it on DVD at one point. Um, but yeah, that was the last really good Spider-Man movie. And no... no no offense to 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 um, Andrew Garfield. I th- I thought he I thought he was good. I I just I think the script was terrible for those movies. Um, I think where where Sony screwed up with that set of movies is the fact that they basically started from the very beginning and started over, and we didn't need that. We know that Spider-Man gets bit by a spider. We know that's how he gets his powers. We know that. We don't need to see it again only 10 years after the first time we saw it from your movies. 
that's the thing they did right with Spider-Man Homecoming. They didn't show any of that. It was perfect. You know? Tom Holland is amazing as Peter and Spider-Man. It's people, you know, people say that when you're playing a superhero, you're effectively playing two people. You're playing two characters. You know? And some people have done good jobs as one or the other. And I think Tom Holland nails it on both sides. He hits Peter very well. He 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 nails. Uh, he hit it in nails. Aha. Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, actually, you know what? Do I have it here? Hold on. Where is it? There it is. There it is. I know I installed it on there. Um, the, he did a very good job of it. He even got the accent right. I mean, not that Andrew Garfield didn't do a good job doing an American accent. He just didn't do a New York accent. He could have. He could have. If Peter Parker was from California, that was that would have been perfect. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Tom Holland does the does the New York accent perfect. So. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and share. If you want to read the... I only read the first paragraph, and there's a, there's quite a bit more here. At least a couple more paragraphs. I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you guys want to check it out, I'm going to go ahead and share it to the Facebook page and Twitter so you guys can read the rest yourself if you'd like. Um, hold on. While I'm waiting for my computer to finish loading, it's, it seems to be taking its time today. And... uh yeah, there we go. And posted. All right. So next story on the list of things to talk about. Deborah Chow will be will be directing the DC Plus, excuse me, Disney Plus, not DC. Disney. I don't know why I said that. Well, I've been cuz I've been talking about DC. Um Disney Plus Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um Let's you know. Let me do a little digging here because I don't know the name Deborah Chow off the top of my head. Anyway, let's do a Google search for her name and see what I can find. Uh, this is what it says on her Wikipedia page. Deborah Chow is a Canadian filmmaker, television director, and screenwriter. Two of her First short films, Day Pass and The Hill, have both won awards at various international film festivals. She's best known for her feature film, which she wrote and directed, The High Cost of Living. Uh, her recent uh, director, directorial works include the TV movie adaption of Flowers in the Attic and episodes of the series Copper. Murdoch Mysteries, Rain, Beauty and the Beast, and Mr. Robot. Chow is now also the director of the upcoming Star Wars series, The Mandalorian, and the untitled Obi-Wan Kenobi series for Disney+. So that's cool. See, I didn't know that name, but I do know Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it... it I've heard that Ewan McGregor um, might be 
playing the part. Might, I think, is the key word. Um, let's see what this says here on, on the Nerdist.com. It says, Holy Kenobi! Oh, God. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it, that's the first thing it says, and I really couldn't stop myself once I started re- re- reading it. The official Star Wars website, uh, according to the official Star Wars website, Deborah Chow has been hired to direct the upcoming Disney Plus Star Wars TV series centered around Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, I guess that answers that question. I heard that he is possibly going to be playing Obi-Wan Kenobi. I didn't know if it was confirmed or not. But this actually looks like it's been confirmed. Look at that. Yay! Yay! I don't know why I turned into Kermit the Frog there. Um, Yay! You can't tell, but I'm waving my arms above my head. Like Kermit the Frog. Muppet Show. Sorry. I'll stop. (laughs) Um, It is unclear... At this uh, at this time, if she will direct the entire series, which is said to be either six or eight episodes, or just part of it, either way, this is a huge deal for Lucasfilm, as Chow is one of the first women to step behind the camera for Star Wars for a Star Wars project, and is certainly uh, the first one to do such a such a large. To do it in such a large way, she will be joined by uh, uh, let's see here, Hassan Emini. I, I'm a, I apologize if I get that wrong. Do you ever watch YouTube videos and you hear someone completely butcher someone's name and not not acknowledge the fact that they potentially could have done it wrong, or do you think that you know they're not they're not there to say okay this is. I said it wrong. I apologize. I think they should acknowledge it. Maybe it's just me. I, I, I usually acknowledge if I'm potentially saying a name wrong if I don't know for sure. Um, because, let's be honest, who wants to have their name read wrong? I've, I've, I really hate it when, when people read a name wrong and then they, and at the very least, they, there should be somewhere in the video saying, Oops, we we said that wrong, and have like a little a little note, you know, and what's the word I'm looking for? Annotation on the video, little words at the bottom to say we realize we screwed that up. We're sorry, kind of thing. Nothing. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um. So yeah, I I don't know that I I'm really considering getting Disney Plus, if nothing else for the. Mandalorian series and Obi-Wan Kenobi series. But it sounds like, as I said on the last episode, they're, they're adding all of the 90s Marvel cartoons. So the X-Men, um, Spider-Man, and, and I would imagine they've also added like the stuff from the 80s as well. So like Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, all the early Marvel cartoons. Uh, that introduced me to Spider-Man, and you know, actually, I think my early my earliest memory of anything Marvel is probably Spider-Man is Amazing Friends and the original series, just called Spider-Man. Um, and I think I have some vague memories of the thing. I I I have memories of this kid. It was 
Okay. I know this is not the story in the comics because uh, it can't be because it's it's terrible. So this kid has these rings on one on either side on each hand in on his middle finger I think or is either his middle finger or his ring finger on both hands and when he touches them together he becomes the thing. That's not how it was in any of the Fantastic Four movies. So I'm assuming that. The kid doing that with the rings is not how the thing became the thing. <laughs> and I have some some very vague memories of a Fantastic Four cartoon. Um, I think it was probably 70s, but it could have been early 80s, where there wasn't a Johnny Storm. The Fantastic Four had a robot in his place because they thought kids were going to were gonna light themselves on fire trying to mimic Johnny Storm. I don't know about you folks, but I know playing with matches was a bad idea. And if I saw somebody, a cartoon character, who was not in pain while being on fire, I would assume it was not real and not to mimic it. Because, you know, if I was to light myself on fire, it would hurt. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. I don't like I said I, I didn't know who who uh, Miss Chow was or it's either Miss or Mrs. one of the two because it doesn't really say if she's married or not. Um, so I I think it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be awesome because Ewan McGregor is gonna be Obi Wan Kenobi again, and I think I remember hearing someplace and it may have been on um um it may have been either on uh, Fat Man Beyond or on Hollywood Babylon because it was one of the Kevin Smith podcasts I listened to. And I think somebody said that uh, uh, they're they're looking to have a an older Obi Wan. So Ewan McGregor should be the proper age to play the, the age of Obi Wan they want to do. So and I think that's why they waited this long because they wanted. I think they probably wanted to have Ewan McGregor play him again, um, but they wanted to wait. They wanted him to be. Uh, not quite as old as as uh, the original actor was in the first movie, um, but not as young as he was in the Clone Wars. So I'm gonna go ahead and share this story to Facebook and Twitter so you guys can check it out for yourself. You know, make sure you like and follow at two zero six Geek on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, next story on the list of things to talk about here is the War of the Worlds trailer from the BBC. You know what I'll do? I'm you know I'm going to look for the cable that I have. Hold on, sorry. I'm going to plug this in real quick so you might hear some static or noise. Plugging in a cable so I can play the trailer and you guys will be able to hear it. Because I'm going to watch. But you'll be able to hear it. And and you know what? I'm going to share the story so you'll be able to see it too once I share it to the Facebook page. Hold on a second here. There we go. Alrighty. So opening this. Opening YouTube. The YouTubes. Ladies and gentlemen, it seems that something has arrived. 
buffering. The shooting star. Do you think it could be? I'm going to pause it for a second, let it buffer a little bit more so it doesn't stop completely like it did and then start playing again. All right, I think it's loaded all the way. Let me start over. Be from Mars. Ladies and gentlemen, it seems that something has arrived in England. A shooting star. Do you think it could be from Mars? Something can erupt from Mars and end up in Surrey. Something inside. It's opening. This is nothing to be concerned about. They are coming! Ready? Fire! Is this the wages of our sin? The War of the Worlds on BBC One. Wow, okay. Yeah, I really hope they have that on BBC America, because that looks awesome. <laughs> okay. What is let's see what it says on the on the uh Latino review. Alright, says says BBC BBC One has released the first trailer for their adaption of the the infamous HG Wells story. It was uh it will be a three three episode miniseries. Uh and you see the story told in a period piece uh, wave. Okay, hold on a second here. It will be in a three-episode miniseries and and see the story told in a period piece wave versus the 2005 modern take starring Tom Cruise. Right there, the fact that it doesn't have Tom Cruise is, is already given, giving it a, a thumbs up for me. Like I said, I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise. Uh, the last movie I saw was, uh, and it was only because I I'd won like a free ticket from Fandango. Uh, I went and saw his newest uh, uh, Mission Impossible, and it ticked off all the boxes that I had. Um, there has to be a ridiculous car chase, um, a ridiculous motorcycle chase, um, mountain climbing. Uh, an insane stunt that is not necessary to the story. Um, Tom Cruise getting physically hurt while doing a stunt had hit all those all those check marks. So, in 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 that respect, the movie was good. I didn't care for the movie otherwise. Um, anyways, this looks amazing. Um, most any most everyone knows the novel was adapted and broadcast on CBS Radio in the late 1930s in the way that made it seem like an actual invasion was happening. There were people that thought that the fake newscast were real and and got scared. But the urban myth of mass hysteria is just that, a myth. (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, I've heard that that, that the... the, uh, possibility that the news inflated the story you know what that's and it's entirely possible but i didn't think the news did that kind of thing back in the 30s and i and, and from what i understand and i saw this in in uh i don't remember it was a documentary or an interview or something it was something on youtube i think where they said that um in the 30s um radio was relatively new and newspapers were feeling threatened, and the newspapers were were printing stories about how 
um, you know, irresponsible than the radio was, and it was this newfangled technology that was going to ruin newspapers and all this other shit, and uh, and that's how it blew up like it did. It didn't happen nearly as bad as it was reported in the papers because the papers were trying to destroy radio. Well, you know what? Um, radio did not destroy the paper. However, the internet might have. So it, it only took another, what, 50 or 60 years before that really happened. Who reads newspapers anymore? I think everybody I know gets their news from, like, television or from the internet. I don't know of anybody who actually gets a subscription to the paper. I know that because of that, um, one of the newspapers in Seattle kind of folded. I think it was the PI. The Seattle PI, I think, went under a few years back. I could be wrong, but I thought I remember seeing that on the internets. So this is what else it says. The upcoming miniseries will star Elizabeth McGovern, McGovern, excuse me, Aiden Betriff. I apologize. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I butchered that one. Uh, Natasha Little, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, and Gabrielle Byrne. If you like alien invasion films, included, including the previous mentioned 2005 film, check out last week's blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's just more about the stuff on Latino Review. Um, the official release date has not been set. But earlier reports expected it to be late 2019. I want to know, is is it only going to be on the BBC in the UK, or are we going to get it here in the States? I would like to watch that. I may have to, to see if I can find it online someplace to watch. Um, I may even just have one of my cousins record it and then, like, email it to me or something because <laughs> I want to watch it and, and I would actually prefer to see it you know legit but it may not be something that gets sent over here at least not not right away anyway uh, we may we may end up getting it at some point but it may be a while so maybe I'll just have to wait all right let me go ahead and share that as well you know what I should do for for future podcast episodes instead of uh, instead of like sharing these after I read each one I should go ahead and just share them all first and then start recording <laughs> that way they're already there and I don't have to pause or you know talk while I'm trying to share it so it doesn't look like you know I'm I'm not there's no dead air basically yeah all right, so that's been shared. You can check out that video if you want to see it for yourself. All right, next story on the list is here is also from Latino Review. Todd Phillips addresses outrage culture and Joker violence criticism. I you know I I I've seen a few stories about how people think that they're glorifying mental health issues and and people who have them and violence. I, I don't think, I don't think that's what they're, that's not what they're setting out to do. Uh, whether or not it's actually what happens. I don't think it's, it's, it's not their responsibility. 
you know, I think if if you have a if you have someone in your life who has mental health problems, and you think this movie might give them ideas, don't take them to see it. Don't let them see it. Suggest they don't watch it. Tell them that it's not good for their mental health. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that you know this kind of movie is isn't a good thing. I'm. I'm also saying that you know it's it's not the movie. Um, it's not the movie industry's responsibility to 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 uh, curate movies in a way that don't upset people. Art is art, and no matter how you make things, someone's going to find fault in it, even if it's something you never intended for it to happen. Um, I don't know. I, 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 when this movie first, the first trailer came out for this, I said, oh, I definitely got to see this. But then the, the last thing I saw and the criticism that I read made me think, mm, I, I'll probably still see it, but I may wait for it to not be in theaters. I don't know. We'll see. I, I may just still go th- see it in theaters. Um, I don't see myself doing anything crazy or stupid, but I definitely have been more aware of uh, my own mental health in the last couple of years. Um, and not that I would ever, ever do anything violent towards anybody. I'm not a violent person. But I, I have people in my life that have that have severe mental health issues and and this kind of hits a little too close to home, I think. Um, you know, someone who's who's having trouble with reality and someone who's prone to violence. This might remind me of that person watching this movie, but I, I still may go see it. Who knows? Anyways, this is what it says here in Latino Review. All the rage today is, well, outrage. It seems the world has shifted over the last several years and that being offended by something is now considered to be a virtue by many. The uh, the court of public opinion has m- more power than these uh, than ever these days, and those in the spotlight are being extra careful. The most recent offender is Todd Phillips' Joker. The film was criticized earlier this week for supporting, uh, for excuse me, for its supposed violence and the possibility it could inspire some to carry out real-life acts. Phillips addresses this criticism while speaking with the Rap, W A W R A P, the Rap. Um. You can check out that. You can check out what he said, had to say below. In quotes, it says, "I think it's it's because outrage is is uh, is a commodity. It's something that has been a commodity for for a while. What's outstanding t- to me in this uh, discourse." Is the movie is very is is how easily the far left can sound like the far right when it suits them. 
It's 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 been really an eye opening for me. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, to be, to to be honest, I I'm I'm not a conservative person, but I'm also not a super liberal person either. I am liberal, but I'm I'm not. Uh, and I hate using these terms because it's it's it's. I have friends that are both conservative, and I have friends that are that are liberal. I don't have any friends that are like super far to the left or even super far to the right. They're all my friends are somewhere towards the center. You know, they're. I know people who voted for Trump. I know people who voted against him, kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I've caught myself getting outraged by uh, things that have in the past not set off any any triggers for me. So, I mean, I mean, I briefly talked about um, uh, what's his name. And of course, my brain is is not wanting to f- let me focus. Um, Dave Chappelle. I talked about Dave Chappelle and how he had a few jokes that I I I kind of like. I. It was it was it was one of those situations where I laugh, but at the same time I'm thinking, "Wow, he went there." And, and you know what? And and for the most part, I think that you should be allowed to joke about anything because even if even if it's it's it, it's a a touchy subject, having a joke about a touchy subject is not is not. I don't see it as as poking fun at it in a mean way. I see it as taking that situation and trying to put humor to it so it's easier to digest. And uh if 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 he had said if he had said something about those topics in a mean and derogatory way, I would have been really upset. Talking about Dave Chappelle here. Um, but because of how he presented it, he presented it as as, as a humorous thing. I laughed at the joke because it was funny. But at the same time, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe he just said that. It made me think. Now, and and, and I think... That should be the case with any art or media. I think if if it's presented properly, you can be entertained by it while also bringing that topic to the surface in a way that is not like slapping you in the face with it or making you feel stupid or guilty or any of the other negative things that happens when they talk about topics that are... difficult to talk about. Um, so maybe the Joker will present mental health in a way that will bring light to that topic and make people more aware of mental health and how it shouldn't be, you know, shh, let's not talk about it kind of thing. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about how some people's perception of things is not the same as everybody else's. You know? 
And I totally get that, you know, and it, that comes from from those, those last two years of my life. I've I've been going to therapy. I've been, you know, really kind of focusing on uh, on how I react to things or if I should react. I I um, and this is me being completely real now. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to put on a show. I'm being me. I, I've I've really been focusing on my mental health. Realizing that I have anxiety. I have depression. And working on how to work through those moments where it, it feels like it's out of control or I have I have no control kind of feeling, you know? I've never been a violent person, ever. Never raised my hand to anybody. I mean, I, I, maybe I should rephrase it. I've never raised my hand to anybody, you know, offensively. In defense, yes. Defending myself, yes. But I've never gone after somebody and, and attacked them or anything like that. Never. I'm not that kind of person. Um, I do have a temper. I have been known to completely lose my shit over stupid stuff because, well, you know, misunderstandings and, and uh, miscommunication have, have been the contributing factor on that. Um, I, I learned in the last year that... Um, that that comes with people who have ADHD. It's not just ooh shiny, or I forgot what I was saying. Um, it it has something to do with that, but it's not just that. I mean, I learned that because I am ADHD, I I I can be quick to anger because either a you aren't understanding what I'm trying to say, or b I don't understand what you're trying to say. And it's frustrating me. And uh, you know, and I and, and there's been times where I've I've reacted to people, and all I did was start yelling and screaming. You know, and I and and I'm I'm not a small person, so when I start yelling and screaming, it can be very frightening for them. And when I realized that was a thing, that I was capable of scaring people like that. It really, it really messed with me. I've never seen myself as that kind of person. I've never seen myself as the kind of person that would scare someone like that. You know, I, the, uh, the realization of, of me being the, uh, the one people are afraid of, it really hurt. It really, really hurt. Because I never saw myself like that. I never saw myself as, as, as one to be afraid of. You know, growing up, I was the I was the I was the little guy. I was skinny. I was scary thin. I, I've I've seen I've seen photos of myself from like freshman year of high school, and I was so tiny. I'm like 300 plus pounds now. I'm a big dude. I'm not skinny anymore. I haven't been for a long time. 
Although I want to get, I want get, I want to get down to a, a proper weight, but I'm, I don't want to go that skinny. But yeah, I've never seen myself as anything but just a, uh, a skinny nerd, a skinny dweeb. And, uh, I was one of those kids that got bullied by, by other kids in school. I got bullied by people half my size. I used to get teased by a girl in my class in middle school who was like three feet shorter than me. Well, maybe not three. Maybe it was two and a half. Either way, she was she was considerably smaller than me. But because I wouldn't fight back, because I was told never to hit a woman, I was never to fight a girl, I wouldn't fight back. She saw me as an easy target. She knew that I wouldn't fight back. So she bullied me. She picked on me. She teased me mercilessly. And back in those days when, when you got teased, people said, well, the girl, if a girl's teasing you like that, it means that she likes you. It's like, I don't see how someone teasing me, calling me names, is showing affection. If that's how you see affection, then maybe you need to see a doctor. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's mental health is a huge thing and people people treat it like it doesn't exist. Tom Cruise thinks it doesn't. That's one of the reasons why I don't like him. He thinks that mental health does not exist. It's a figment of our imagination. Fuck you, Tom. No, it's not. Anxiety's real. Depression is real. Just because you can't see it and because Zenu tells you that it's not there. No. It, it it it's it totally is real, you know, and you know what I and I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't make fun of him and his religion, but you know that's I don't I'm not a religious person. I would equally say the same thing about any other religion. Is if I was to be, you know, if someone was to disrespect me in 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 the things that I know to be true, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to make fun of them the same way they make fun of me. Although I try not to do that anymore. I I, I really try to like, let it be like water on a, on a duck's back. Let it roll off like water. You know, I don't know. I didn't really mean for this, this rant to happen, but it, it, it did. And, and, and I've, I've always been careful about not like, sharing too much on the podcast because I didn't think you guys wanted to hear it. But the podcasts I've been listening to in the last few months, the last, you know, year even, my favorite podcast, and I've mentioned this before, Michael Rosenbaum has two podcasts that I really, really like a lot. And he talks about mental health all the time, as well as other topics. So it's making me feel like, you know, it's okay to talk about these things. Somebody might get something out of it. I might share something about myself that somebody else will go, I'm glad Todd talked about that because I didn't, I thought it was just me. I didn't realize other people were having those same issues. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to therapy. I'm trying to like, figure out better ways to to handle situations that would normally cause me to completely lose my shit. You know? 
and things that normal people don't freak out over. And I, I hate using the word normal people, but the average person doesn't doesn't lose their mind over. I'm trying to think of something that I would get upset. Of. Oh, you know what? In the last two years, I think the one thing that was consistently that would drive me bonkers is uh, people on my social media friends list posting um, about the current status of whatever sporting event they're watching on TV. And because it was filling up my feed with 50 posts about so-and-so catching a ball or scoring a point or whatever whatever is going on in the game. That's all I had on my feed for three and a half solid hours. Nothing else came through. This is also, I think, before um, I realized that Facebook had a thing that allowed you to hide things you don't want to see. I don't know if it was if it had always been there and I just wasn't aware of it. But once I realized I could do that, I stopped seeing stuff about NFL, about any sporting event. I don't care. I've always been of the opinion that if someone cares about a sporting event, they're going to record it or they're going to watch it. They're not going to be on Facebook or Twitter going, what's going on? They're going to go to your local sporting website or wherever you go to get your information about what's currently happening with your team. I went on a five and a half page rant about the 12th man, which is the fans in Seattle for the Seahawks. I upset a lot of people on my friends list to the point where they unfriended me. Because I went on a five and a half page rant about how much I detested all of the incessant posting about what's currently happening in the game. I was really upset. Lots of expletives and and just being downright mean to people who like the sport. And uh when that when all the when I lost all those friends on Facebook, I thought, you know what? That's their problem. Not my deal. Well, I now realize that, no, it was totally my fault. I, I was a dick to all these people who loved football. And you know what? As passionate as I can be about Star Wars and Transformers and any Ghostbusters and any number of, of my fandoms, how is it, how is it it's okay for me to be passionate about those things but I don't like it when other people are passionate about things that I don't give a fuck about. I lost a lot of friends because of that rant. People who no longer talk to me, who, who ignore my phone calls. I was an asshole. I screwed up. I lost a lot of friends that way. And that's not the last time I lost friends because of my anger and because of an out, uh, a... a a uh, a public freakout. You know, I there was there was there was a few more groups that have since stopped being my friend 
because of those types of rage freak out moments in my in my life and i'm really working on not reacting that way to things that that bother me because it isn't that it isn't that big a deal that i need to get that upset over it's like the time that i used to work for a a cable company and a customer called in screaming at me screaming at me so loud that i heard the spit hitting the microphone on her phone she was upset because she couldn't watch survivor in hd this is back when hd was brand new people were spending thousands of dollars on a tv that was hd ready and they were spending hundreds of dollars a month for a package that gave you high definition television and this woman was mad because she couldn't see Jeff Probst in HD she was screaming at me like I'm some some insolent little child calling me all kinds of names keep in mind at this time my mom's cancer had just came back so I'm dealing with all kinds of emotion. My mom was dying, and this woman was mad at me because she couldn't watch Survivor on high definition. I actually, I, in hindsight, I handled that a lot better than I could have. Uh, I, I actually could have handled it even better, but I think it could have been much, much worse considering how much of an asshole I was to people who like football. I basically told this woman there's plenty of things in life to get this upset over. Not being able to see your favorite TV show in high definition is not one of them. And I hung up on her because I was done being yelled at. You know? And I think, you know, and I'm just kind of, it's clicking right now, actually. I think that's what my friends did. They're like, you know what? We're done being yelled at. We're done being treated like we're an idiot because you don't like what we're saying or doing. We don't have to put up with it. And that's how I lost a lot of friends, including my best friend and my last girlfriend. That's how I, that's how all that happened. I was an asshole. I had rage issues. I had anger problems. And in my mind, it, I was, I was reacting to things that I thought they knew better on. I thought that, you know, they were, they were assuming incorrectly about me and I had every right to be upset. Maybe so. I maybe should. I maybe it was okay for me to be upset. It was not okay for me to completely lose my shit and start screaming at them for it. You know. You know, and and I've probably been talk, talking, talking. I've been talking about mental health and my mental health for like the last twenty, thirty minutes. Well, maybe twenty. 
You know, this is this is the most I've ever shared on this podcast about me. You know, about what I've been going through this past couple of years, past three, almost three years. I've lived where I live now. Uh, it will be three years in like two weeks. I've been here for three years. And, uh, you know, it's been three years since, well, it's been, it's been about two years since the last time I talked to my ex. Um, it was one of those things I was, I was over on, I was over in her neighborhood cause I had like a doctor's appointment down the street. Because that's where my doctor was at the time. And I had to drive all the way out there to see this doctor before I was able to, you know, well, I can't do this every single time my doctor wants me to come out for, you know, checkup and stuff. So I need to find a doctor closer to home. But since I was out there, I figured I would would stop by and just say hi. It had been, at that point, it had been probably... Anywhere between, I think, eight months to a year since I, since I, I moved away and we stopped being a couple. Um, and I thought the conversation had gone well because we chatted for about ten, fifteen minutes and gave each other a hug and it and I it felt good that she was willing to talk to me and and we were able to have a conversation and. And then when I got home, I had an email saying not to come over again, not to call, not to email, nothing. Because apparently I said something that triggered her. And I felt terrible. I felt really, really terrible. I, I, was, I was upset that we broke up. I didn't want to break up. She wanted to break up, you know. And I, I can I can look back on it now and, and know that um it was because of my anger issues, it was because of my like meltdowns that I would have. I was going through a tough time. I had lost my job, I I lost my apartment, I was I was staying at her place. That the fact that I was staying at her place, I think, is what killed the relationship. She didn't want anybody living with her. You know? She 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 made it very clear she didn't want me staying at her house. I felt unwelcome at my girlfriend's house. My then-girlfriend. Um, and, uh... Yeah. So then when I left her place, I moved out here and uh, I wanted to stay friends. She wasn't at all interested in being friends at that point. She was telling me, you know, maybe we can, we maybe we can circle back around later and be friends again, but not right now. I need some time away. And, um, That was that was really rough on me. It was really really rough on me. Cuz she was the first girlfriend I had in almost a decade. 
and it was when I started dating her. It it was it was uh twenty fourteen, late twenty fourteen, early twenty fifteen, and my last girlfriend and I broke up before her in twenty in two thousand seven. Yeah, so I'm probably closer to seven or eight years, but still, that's nearly a decade. And uh, and 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 we when we first started dating, it wasn't like um, I wasn't looking to find someone to date because I wanted to find a new place to live. Nothing like that. In fact, at first, I wasn't even sure I wanted to date her. But she seemed like she was cool and she was fun to talk to. So we hung out. We went on a few dates and we had, I thought we had a, we had a lot of fun and, you know, we decided to, to, you know, be exclusive and all of that. At least I thought so anyway. I mean, it, hindsight may, I may, it may look to me that, um, in my perception anyway, to that I was, I'm not I'm not one to date multiple people. I can't do that. I've 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 had people say, "Well, you should try being poly. Poly is way better than being monogamous." It's not for me. I'm not going to talk shit about poly people because I had some of my some of my closest friends have been poly. My only best friend right now is poly. Um shout out to Chaos. Um so I think looking back there was there was there was uh things that made me think that maybe maybe and it, it could have just been my in- insecurity it could have been my anxiety making me think these things and it could have also been that I was seeing things that were there and just ignored it it felt like that she had been going out on dates with other people. And she was kind of stepping out on the relationship, but I chose to ignore it. That's how I'm perceiving it anyway. You know, she called them dinner dates or work dates, something like that. Making it sound like it was a, it was something for work and that she needed to do it for work. It was for work. You know, it's, 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 I'm not doing this for fun. I'm doing this for work kind of thing. All right, fine. Have fun. I'll stay here, I guess. Um, you know, the last time I talked to her, she, uh, she told me. And I, it may have been because I had been very vocal on my private Facebook feed about how I thought she was, you know, after we broke up, how I thought she was cheating on me when we were dating and how I thought that was the, the, the cause of our, the, our relationship dissolving. And she told me when I talked to her last that she never once stepped out on a relationship. She was always, you know, basically saying she she didn't cheat, 
And I was like, okay. You know, that really doesn't really mean anything right now. <laughs> you know? Um, I, I think, I think, I think the thing that triggered her was the fact that I, I told her I had, I had a dream that her and Joe were dating and it, and it freaked me out. It was, it was a nightmare. Now, me saying that it freaked me out basically means it upset me to the point where it scared me awake. I beyond that I didn't really have much of a reaction other than that really sucked. I did not like that dream. I didn't it wasn't like I had a meltdown or started freaking out or had a physical reaction to nothing like that. It was just me having a, a shitty shitty dream that I wanted out of. I didn't want to see any more of it. And I told her about that. I was like, you know, I had a really messed up dream about you and Joe dating. It it was a nightmare. Freaked me out. But she took it as, you know, I think, at least I think, I don't know. Because, you know, communication is not a thing with us anymore. I don't know. You know. In fact, um, I got an email about three months ago from a complete stranger asking me how I was doing. And because I had gotten like three other scam emails that day, I was like, all right, get, get to your sales pitch now and get it over with so I can block you. That's what I said. I wasn't in the mood to chit chat with another scam artist. In fact, if it was a scam artist, I was going to screw with them a little bit because I was done dealing with those people. I should have like recorded, I should have, you know, had them call me or whatever the scam person likes to do and, and, and screwed with them like they do in those YouTube videos, messing with the scam artists. So they tie them up on a phone call so they can't, they can't mess with somebody else who doesn't know any better. But this person emailed me, and, and I just told him, I was like, look, get to your sales pitch, whatever links you want to send me to whatever porn sites you're trying to promote, so I can block you. And they their their response was, sorry I upset you, I just want, I was thinking about you and wanted to see how you were doing. I was like, see how I'm doing? I don't even know you. What the fuck do you mean, see how I'm doing? After that exchange, I was trying to think who who would who would do that? Do I know anybody who would email me asking how I am from a fake email account? And the first person to come to mind and and only because she told me she has done this to other people she's talked to on dating sites just to see to check up on that person or to see what's going on with them, she would create an email or another Facebook account to kind of spy on them. I'm thinking, well, maybe that was Carrie. And I just... I had... 
It was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, do do I want to reach out and find out if that was really her, or do I want to just block the email from ever getting any more? Not that I, I not that I would ever get any more after that exchange. I I seriously doubt she even opened that email address again. It was a Gmail address that was completely bogus. I I even googled the the name on the email, which was a uh, a woman's name, and nothing came up. <laughs> so, yeah. My my mind, my mind, um, if I'm having a bad day, tends to go very dark, very depressing kind of thoughts, um, conspiracy theories, um, what ifs. Um, and those are on bad days. I'm not always like that. The, on the, on good days, I'm a pretty upbeat person. I'm having a good day. I'm having fun. I'm laughing. I'm enjoying life. Um, lately, the, they've had more ups than downs. So that's good. Therapy's working. This is, like I said, I've already I've been talking for an hour and a half almost. This is the most I've ever shared about my personal life on this podcast. And I'm probably going to leave it in. I don't know if I'll do this again. I don't know if I'll be sharing anything like this again. I think I'll stick with just the entertainment and whatnot. And because I've been talking for so long, I don't think I'll be talking about anything else I think I've covered everything already anyways. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me uh, rant and ramble for the last half hour or however long it's been. Hopefully you can get something from it. Um, The one thing that I, I like to remind myself of if I'm having a bad day, it's all about perception. What I think is shitty and stupid, other people don't think is a big deal. How would how would how would your how would your best friend feel about this situation? How would your brother or your sister feel about this situation? What would your mom or your dad tell you if you're having a bad day? Assuming you don't have them to talk to anyway. If you have your parents to talk to, if you're having a bad day, maybe they're the, maybe they're the ones you want to talk to. Maybe your siblings. Things are never as bad as you think. Luckily for me, my depression, at least in the last decade anyway, has not gotten so bad where I thought of anything about self harm which is which is awesome i I have my moments I have my days where I'm not in a great mood, but I've never thought about killing myself my My best friend from middle school killed himself in the early two thousands and uh and I've talked about that before briefly, 
So suicide is never, never an option for me. And it shouldn't be for anybody. If you need help, just Google suicide hotline and a number will come up and, and you can call that number if you need to talk to somebody. There's always somebody who cares about you no matter how bad it gets. You know, if you're having a bad day, tell somebody you're having a bad day. You need, you need someone's help to cheer up. Don't, don't let it get you down. You know, it gets better. It does get better. It may not get better right away, but it will. You know. Um. Some some books that I would recommend. If you're if you have if you have these kinds of thoughts these these kinds of these kinds of things happening to you um um the the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mar- by Mark Manson is a great book um it talks about perception how you see things isn't isn't always how everybody else sees it. Um, it will help you kind of, it'll give you tools to think about when you're having a bad day or what you think might be the, the worst ever. Try thinking about it from somebody else's point of view. Um, I would give examples, but reading the book will give you all the examples you need. It's even on audiobook. That's how I, that's how I, Got it. I got it as an audio book. I listened to it. It's like seven hours long, but it's it's well worth it. I listened to it an hour at a time. It took about a week to listen to the whole thing. Because I was, I was listening to it on my way to, like, doctor's appointments and whatever else. Excuse me. So, great book. Um, another Another one that's... Uh, actually, I think it, the 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 documentary version of it is on Netflix right now. It's called The Secret, and it's kind of like a um, the n- not in their words, but basically it's the power of positive thinking. You know, what you think about, what you you dwell on, is what you attract. It's it's it, what they say is the art of attraction. Um, if you think about, oh shit, this is gonna suck. This is gonna suck. Well, it's gonna suck if you keep thinking about it like that. Um, or, I, oh, I don't want to get pulled over by the cops. Don't let me get pulled over by the cops. And then you get pulled over by the cops, kind of thing. Check that documentary out. There's there's uh, a book that it's based on as well. And I got the audio book for that as well. It's basically the same. The same. The same thing you you see in the in the documentary is what you hear on the audiobook and the same thing it's written in the book I would imagine anyway. But um the secret and uh you know um yeah. Thanks for listening. Sorry that it it went uh it went down that rabbit hole. It, I did not intend for that to happen, but maybe just maybe me sharing that story will help somebody and uh thanks think again thanks for listening and if you're one of the people that came to this podcast from listening to the id10t podcast with chris hardwick thank you for listening 
Thank you for subscribing to my podcast. If you enjoy my podcast and you like the podcast, share my podcast. Tell your friends. Um, go ahead and give it a, a rating and a, uh, a review if you'd like it on uh, Apple Podcasts and on podchaser.com. Uh, just look for the 206 Geek. And uh, if you feel that it deserves a five star, please give it a five star. If you tell me what you like about the podcast, what you enjoy about it, what you don't like about the podcast, I, you know, constructive criticism is always welcome. Um, again, thanks for listening. Um, just trying to think of how to end this without, you know, just abruptly stopping right here. Um, I think that's really it. I will talk to you guys next week and, um, probably not going to have this 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 kind of chat anytime soon never know I might do it again um there is there the only thing I can say as far as um just because it, you can't physically see it doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have something going on with them be nice Wheaton's Wheaton's law should always be number one. It should be the prime directive, actually, if you ask me. Don't be a dick. Be nice to everybody. Um, you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know what they're dealing with. They may be having a bad day, and just because you don't like how things are going doesn't mean you should be a dick to them, and vice versa. Just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean, you know, you should be treated differently. So, again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.